All right, we are back. As promised at the top of the program, we're now going to go to our homegrown connection to English literature, tenuous though it may be. But thank God Dr. Andy Jones is out there for us uh, to provide a source for that. He's been our, uh, our longest and bestest pal here at this station, dating back to our very first program. And it is my great pleasure to say welcome back to Radio Parallax, Dr. Andy Jones. Thank you very much, Doug. Yours is my favorite show to appear <laughs> upon even more so than my own. <laughs> well, Dr. Andy, you've been, you've been churning out poetry, you've been churning out all kinds of material, and I understand that you have a new book out titled In the Almond Orchard, Coming Home from War. Absolutely. This book grew out of a commission that I received from YOLO Arts with support from the California Arts Council to write a single poem that I would present at four different Yolo County events to celebrate our veterans and especially those reacclimating to life in the Sacramento Valley. And my one poem uh, turned into 33 because I wanted to get it right. And so I've included all of them in uh, this new 100-page book of poetry called In the Almond Orchard, which is uh, the title of the uh, cover poem, as it were, the first poem in the book that uh, inspired the rest. Wow. I'm just sort of speechless at the prospect of having to put together 33 poems. I can't write a dirty limerick myself, so I, I don't know. I, I guess this is why you're a professor of English and I, and I, and I run a medical clinic. Well, you, exactly right. But, <laughs> you know, once you uh, have some momentum and you have an assignment and you're dealing with an important issue, such as the, the work and the service of our veterans, uh, then, you know, and you're uh, willing to stay up very late on, uh, for subsequent days in a row, then, you know, who knows what you might turn out. And that's largely how this, uh, this book came about. I think that you like every other person on earth, was not so aware of my own veteran service uh, in the military because it doesn't exist. So I had to call upon uh, people in my, my family, including remembering stories of my uh, uncle Chuck, who was a World War II vet, and also my grandmother's stories about uh, people in our family who had fought in the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, the Spanish-American War. So uh, wow. we've, been, we've been given what for in my uh, family for uh, more than 230 years now. And, uh, and finally, someone has written a book about it. Okay. So you're really going back on the entire, everybody, you can even put your hands on the family to relate what they can tell you about this. That's fascinating. Right. If it were an autobiographical book, that part would be fascinating and relevant. But it's all inspiration for my writing about other okay. people's okay. experiences. Okay. And because of my own concerns about, uh, let's say, appropriation of those experiences, what I've done uh, with funds uh, that I've made through book sales is create the Charles Turnus Prize, named after that uncle I just mentioned. 
and this would be a creativity prize awarded to veteran students at University of California at Davis. Certainly, my Uncle Chuck was inspired uh, by his service overseas, but also by uh, the GI Bill to uh, return to his first love, which was photography. And I'd love to see this prize uh, inspire other veterans to uh, turn to the arts and see how uh, writing or painting or dance or playwriting or whatever the case may be could provide them some uh, solace and uh, direction and comfort after uh, traumas that they might have um, been exposed to while serving overseas. Well, I gather that uh, the author of Jarhead, Anthony Swafford, he has a, a local connection, and I, I think he had some good things to say about your book, but I don't have the quote in front of me, but perhaps you do. What, what, what did he have to say? I do, because we put it right on the cover of the book. <laughs> okay. Anthony Swafford is an American River College alum, and like you and I, he is a UC Davis alum and the author of uh, Jarhead, which was made into uh, an important uh, film. He said, if Robert Haas and Tim O'Brien were to collaborate on a volume of poetry, it would look and sound a lot like In the Almond Orchard. So that was very kind of him. And one can see the, the longer version of that blurb and other blurbs right on the back cover of uh, this new book. Well, I, I feel remiss in that Mr. Swafford has certainly been a local figure that deserves attention by people having radio shows. I, I never had him on, unfortunately. Did you? I have had a number of delightful conversations with him, but no, I, uh, I haven't had him on the show. He has a, a teaching job back east now, but I really should. I don't know if people would think of it as a, a quid pro quo, but I certainly appreciated that he uh, wrote this blurb for my book, and he's done some uh, important writing. He and I disagree, I would uh, imagine, uh, on political topics, but he's a very strong writer. And uh, next time he has something uh, published, I'll make sure to get him on the radio show so we can talk about it. I, I hope you do that. In talking to your, your, your family about, about their experiences, was there something that really sort of surprised you? Yeah, I was surprised that my great-great-uncle, there might be another great in there, <laughs> got so frustrated when he was serving with uh, Teddy Roosevelt's Rough Riders at one point he got so frustrated with his mule that he shot the mule. <laughs> and Teddy Roosevelt didn't take kindly to this, and so he, uh, he threw him right out of the brigade. Wow. Then this great-great-granduncle of mine went down to Panama City, changed his name to a Chicano name, and then became the uh, fire chief of Panama City. And in the line of service, he died in a fire, and therefore there is a sculpture of him in Panama City to this day. So a hero with inauspicious beginnings, as is true with so many members of my family, who went on to do some important work in Panama City, uh, or at least he died trying. Were you able to turn that into a poem? <laughs> I didn't write about myself for okay. this book, okay, but, but, but I shall. It's in the works. Wow. You can't rush these things, yes. <laughs> well, among your 33 poems, uh, are, is there one that, that you might, might read to us? Absolutely. I'm thinking of one that's one of my favorites, but not always the favorites of people who come to my poetry reading. In fact, just last uh, Thursday, 
I said, you know, there's a, a poem in my book called Dog Mine, D-O-G-M-I-N-E. And I wonder if you all would like to hear it. And then someone in the back said, no, we wouldn't. So <laughs> it's not something you hear every day at a poetry reading. A request for a poem not to be read. So I had, I had already read it. I didn't, uh, I didn't read it again on that occasion because of that outburst. But I'd be glad to read it to uh, you and your listeners right now. It's on page 24 of my new book. Let's hear Dog Mine. Dog Mine. I'm a military dog handler, and my dog, of all people, stepped on a mine. Suddenly, the leash was light. She was flying. I was flying. My dog stepped on a mine. Al-Qaeda is using dog food. Kibble in Kabul. Kennel ration on the detonator. They are targeting enemy dogs, such as my dog. My legs were ripped up. They looked like dog food. We were both fodder and could go no further. Framed by the tender sky, the Marines kept screaming at me to stay with them as they carried me away. I followed orders. My dog had stepped on a mine. My face stung with shrapnel and my eyes wanted to close. The leash was still in my hand. Wow. Well read, sir. Thank you very much. You think after 16 years of hosting a radio show on poetry, <laughs> I'd be able to read a poem by now. It's one of my few skills. You do a lot of readings in Davis and, and elsewhere. Are there ones that, uh, that we can promote? Absolutely. The Poetry Night Reading Series happens every first and third Thursday at the John Nitsoulis Gallery, 521 First Street here in the city of Davis. I know that many people have only two things on their Thursday schedule historically. One is to listen to Radio Parallax on KDVS, <laughs> and the other has been to attend the Poetry Night Reading Series over at that John Nitsoulis Gallery. People can find out more about that at poetryindavis.com. And then I'm also giving readings in the coming weeks and months in Winters and in West Sacramento as part of the uh, promotional readings for this new book, and those are sponsored by uh, Yolo Arts Commission and the California Arts Council. And then I've got a, a reading in late May at the Sacramento Poetry Center, where I'll be uh, reading from this book and also from my last book of poetry titled Where's Juki? Well, we do want to note that uh, this is going to be the last show here on KDVS. That's so we envision it. We will be continuing as, as a web-based show. Back in 2002, I guess we can tell the story for the, the, the last time that you were instrumental in getting us this program because KDVS generously offers for $100 the opportunity to host their own show. They did so. We took them up on that, an offer they still make during pledge drives, and we're able to parlay that into a, a regular gig. Uh, we, we just want to thank you for that one final time. Absolutely. I really enjoyed that, and I, I didn't know what to expect. This veteran journalist who showed up with his entire show on CD, I figured uh, that you would be making the rest of us look bad. But no, it's evened out. I think it's worked out pretty well, I'd say. This, I would add this is the first and probably only time that I've ever been referred to as a veteran journalist, but I thank you for that. 
Absolutely. All right. Well, Dr. Andy, you were here uh, when we got here. You're still going to outlast us. And, and unlike uh, the two other shows, we, we have plugged Speaking in Tongues with Ron Glick and Richard Estes and This Week in Science, which Kirsten Stanford is still a part of. You've been doing this all by your lonesome the entire time, and I'm going to need to do so, which, frankly, is quite an accomplishment. Well, you know, after these decades of teaching at, at UC Davis, you grow used to enjoying the sound of your own voice. <laughs> you, it's nice to have an audience, but you don't always need them to be interacting with you in the way that a co-host would do. Sometimes you just want to take the floor and profess, as professors do. And that's what I've done with my radio show since the year 2000 on KDVS. Dr. Andy's Poetry and Technology Hour, now the best public affairs program on KDBS. <laughs> I hope you all will tune in. Well, how long do you think you're going to go? 15 years. You think you got 15 more in you? Oh, I think so. I'm, I'm not going anywhere. My wife, Kate, says, whenever I get recruited for, you know, deanships and such at other universities, <laughs> uh, Kate forbids me from even taking those telephone calls. So we'll be staying in Davis, and I'll be staying with my favorite radio station. Excellent. And if there's any way we can be an assistance to you, don't hesitate to call. I will call at least twice a year for all of our fundraisers, so don't you worry. <laughs> and, you know, one final plug we should, we should insert is, is the fine work you do in the trivia department. Uh, let, let's, let's make mention of that. I host the pub quiz at DeVere's Irish Pub. That's every Monday night at 7 at uh, 217 East Street in the city of Davis. We're able to fill up uh, the Irish pub on Monday nights. And many of the newsletters that I publish at yourquizmaster.com often get reworked into articles that appear in the Davis Enterprise, the Davis Vanguard, and even on occasion the Sacramento Bee. So I certainly invite people, even if they're not interested in trivia or don't want to come to a pub quiz, on a, a Monday night, because there is a, a raucous crowd and it's noisy, I should warn people. But uh, in my more contemplative hours, I do share uh, thoughts on uh, topics of the day at uh, yourquizmaster.com, and it's uh, pretty easy to sign up for that newsletter. I encourage everyone to do so if they're so inclined. Very good. Well, we started out uh, 14 years ago with a little item we called Celebrity Poetry Reading, which we thought was a bit of a, which a, bit of a lark. We're going to do it uh, a final time, and, um, and I think I would have to ask you uh, to come back to be one of those celebrity poetry readers for us. I would love to do that. All right. Thanks, Doug. It's always a pleasure. All right. All right, joining us now on Radio Parallax is the founder and editor of The Humor Times, James Israel. They're facing, I guess it's, it's the 25th anniversary, I think, of, of, of this magazine, and here to talk about that is James Israel. Welcome back, James. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. 25 years, eh? Yeah, amazing, huh? It uh, makes me feel old to think about it, but <laughs> I'm proud of it. Uh, 25th anniversary issue we're working on right now. Uh, that'll be out around the 1st of April, and then we're doing this um, party to celebrate on uh, April 13th. Uh, it's a Wednesday, 
at Lassen Limited in Old Town, Sacramento. Okay. And the event will star uh, the great political comedian Will Durst. <laughs> uh, a comedian we, we share, you and I, yeah. James, since we like to give him a chance to, to talk to our audience, and you like to, to put him in print. That's right. He's been uh, in the publication with his column for most of the history of the, uh, of the paper. Wow. I think, I think he started maybe year three or something like that. Wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah, but uh, he's just in fun, just as funny in print as he is in person. In person, he's great. He's just a, a, a wonderful political comedian. I think the best, uh, you know, in that form of uh, of comedy that uh, I've ever seen. Now, you you must have a website that will allow listeners to hook up to 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 find out about this event and to learn more about the publication. What is that? Yeah, uh, humortimes.com. H-U-M-O-R times.com all one word and uh, if you go there you can uh, find uh, a link to get tickets and you can find a little article that will tell you more about it besides Will's um, stand up set we're also going to do a little uh, slideshow of the best cartoons through the years and a little history of the humor times so oh wow that slideshow that's worth coming to to see I, I, I will be there my friend Good, good. Well, uh, looking forward to it, and uh, hope to see you there and all your listeners as well. I don't expect I'll be as lucky as the last time. I think at your 20th thing, they had a raffle, and I won a rafting trip. So uh, good, <laughs> nice. good things happen at these events. There you go. All right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, get there. Check it out. Um, it's a limited seating, so you'll want get, to uh, get your reservations quickly. Uh, and it's going to be a really fun night. Hope, uh, hope people will come out and help us celebrate the 25th anniversary of the Humor Times. Uh, by the way, it uh, was formerly called the Comic Press News. Yes. Some people still don't connect the two, but that's how it started out, as the Comic Press News. All right, James. Well, good deal. I'm sure that uh, people are going to follow up on this and show up, I hope, for the celebration. And maybe you and I can hoist a few with the immortal Mr. Durst afterwards. I hope so. Uh, that sounds great. <laughs> All right, James. All right. Thanks a lot. Still